Right. That definitely is recording. But <clears throat> yeah, we should probably get it on record before there's some people next door making a racket. Yeah. Now our neighbours are starting to come back to work after this lockdown malarkey. There, um, you might get some background singing and sounds like a grinder. Yeah. What's a grinder? Uh, and not the um, not the good sense of the word grinder. I just want you to know we're just as annoyed as you are by it. Okay. Yeah. It's <clears throat> doing my head in. But they're just people getting out of their business, so yeah, I shouldn't be so wound up by it. Go in and say, oh, excuse me, we're recording a podcast, mate. <laughs> what? Mm. You fucking what? They are really thin walls here. Yeah. That's HQ. Mm-hmm. Once <clears throat> the man next door, he used to come past and uh, complain about us, my and Matt singing in here. Yeah. And he, he came in and he, he sort of changed his mind. He was clearly coming in with the mindset to say, to have a pop. can you shut the fuck up? But he... He came in and he started going, can you smell chicken soup? Chicken soup? chicken soup, yeah. It was really weird. Mm. So now whenever Muse comes on, because it was Muse that we were singing along to, yeah. me and Matt referenced chicken soup. Okay. <laughs> Just a little insight. A little background. Yep. Jez, if I was a bird, I would root around for a tasty grub. Yep. It's the Failed Rockstar Aye. Club. Welcome to the Failed Rockstar Club. A place to come when you are feeling low. It's music and it's waffle and advice. Your only failure if you don't try. Did I? Just in your notes. Oh. <laughs> uh, well, you, you get the idea. When you're rooting around, that's R double O T. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Not root as in a journey. Yeah. Route 66. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What do you think of that one? I like it. Yeah. I like it. And well, anything with nature these days, bang mm. into it, don't I? Well, I, I have had a bird theme this week, really, because I've got, I told you, didn't I? I've got like, mm. a, little, um, a little bird roosting in my haircut, <laughs> in my cupboard. I don't know what you call it. It's like it's not a shed. It's like a kind of small. Oh, I thought. See, I thought that was your shed. Yeah, it's, in that picture. Yeah, it, it kind, of, kind of, is of is a shed. It's like it's not. You can't walk into it. It's like a big cupboard. A mini shed. That doubles as my shed. shed. Yeah, and I opened the door to go and get something out of it, and the garden had fucking like, shit myself. Yeah, it flew out right in my face, and then I realised in the corner it had made a nest, and it pulled all the wire that I had in there, garden wire, and it's made a little like a kind of castle around it of a wire. Wow. And there's five, five or six eggs in there as well. Yeah. And sitting on there, and now I'm too scared to go in there because he or she is like in there, and I feel bad. You know, you don't want to disturb the eggs, do you? Well, Did no. you find out what kind of bird it was? No, because I haven't seen her, her since. But it was brown and small to medium size. It wasn't as small as a tit. <laughs> it wasn't as big as a blackbird. It's like a kind of, it's a cock. <laughs> yeah, it's, a cock. it's like a kind of like a sparrow, maybe. A sparrow or starling would be my guess. Yeah, I mean they are quite common, mm-hmm. so I wouldn't feel so bad about chopping them. That's obviously a joke. Yeah, bad, isn't it? Um, well, that's, I mean, it's kind of wonderful that you've got that. Yeah, it's happening, cool, it? and I'm really waiting for the time when they 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 crack, they hatch, and you can hear them like tweeting. That'd be cool, wouldn't it? Yeah, they have phones. Okay, so um, hi everyone, welcome to the Found Rockstar Club podcast, the podcast that talks to musicians about mental health. Positive well-being um, and 
a little bit of fashion. Oh, yeah. Oh, and a journey of music. Um, today we've got a special guest on a bit, haven't we? Hopefully, if he answers the phone, yeah. Yeah. On a bird theme. Yeah. It's the finch. It's the finch. It's kind of yeah. like the finch. The finch. partridge <laughs> meets the finch. <laughs> yep, that's what's happening today. Uh, and look, you've all, already had all this good bird chat before yeah. we even really started. Yeah. And he, um, yeah, it wasn't even deliberate. Uh, but yeah, so this episode is going to be called um, the Follow Your Dreams episode, and Connor is a really good example of that. He's a lad that um, we're friends with, that was a model for us for a while, and he's moved on to follow his dreams in the acting world, and he's got a really interesting story to tell, so we think it's important that we tell it, or he tells it. Um, so we'll be calling him at some point and FaceTiming, um, so the Facebook people can maybe like check him out, it's a handsome boy, and... Uh, the podcast people, you lot, um, can listen to him. His dulcet tones, his dulcet mm. Essex tones. You just have tones. to imagine how handsome he is. He's very handsome. Lovely blue eyes, isn't he? Dreamy. Dreamy. I'd say. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, Jess, where are we and who are we? So, hello. You there. Hello, you there at home. We are Steve and Jez of Best Days fame. Yep. Well, let's lose his fame there, very loose sense. We are here in our headquarters in sunny Manningtree, or windy Manningtree. Yep. Uh, and we're here to bring some joy to your life. You know, a lot of people have been uh, messaging me saying how, how much this is joy. the highlight of their week. How much joy you're bringing yep. in. I mean, yeah. it's hard to measure that, isn't it, joy? Yeah. There's no system for that, but I'm, I'm saying a lot. A lot of it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, we've been like building slowly but surely, kind of like listeners over time, um, and it's been a nice journey. So you're kind of going on our own journey that we're going on, like with mental health, with me, or as a business, that things that we go through, or as musicians and telling our story and all the different people we inter- in, um, interview over time. Um, so it's kind of cool. So, yeah, again, sorry about the noises in the background, but that's warehouses for you. And Jez, I want you to tell me how your week's been and what song you've chosen. Okay, so now, I'm regularly, regular listeners, when I'm... I'm kind of a bit of a nature nature freak these days. Mm-hmm. And Twitcher. Yeah, I'm getting quite twitchy. And, well, this is one of the parts of my week that is, I never thought would happen. But I went to the woods and I took with me a pair of binoculars. Fuck <laughs> <Okay>, it, <now. laughs> Who thought? How old are you? I am 40 years old. Yeah. Which is, I think is about the right age to start taking binoculars to the woods. Yeah. I, it's not What's specifically the, for birds. The changing rooms. <laughs> Swimming pool. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need them at this moment. Do you know what I used to do? You remember like um, holiday magazine, uh, holiday um, brochures. Brochures. I used to get like a little magnifying glass and like, look, for the, look see, see if I can see a topics. booth. Yeah, yeah, those kind of like yeah. shots. Yeah, catalogs. The, the underwear section of catalogs. Is that? Mm, no, I don't know if I did that, but I definitely got the magnifying mm. glass out just to see if I could check out any. What about your mum's erotic novels? Did your mum read that sort of Mills and Boone? Oh, Mills and Boone. Yeah. Yeah, my dad actually had erotic novels. Did he? <laughs> Stowed away. <laughs> I was like a kid. Yeah. Good well, anyway, we've got a subject here, but my song is Chasing After Deer. Okay. Uh, which is a mid-late track off their okay. masterpiece album, The Trolls of Van Ock the Panther. Yeah. Uh, because, yeah, I, I, in the last week, I've had three encounters with deer. Yep. One mm. just oh. ran across the road in front of me. <clears throat> oh, wow. One ran across a footpath in front of me. What is this? And what? then I saw one in the woods. What woods is this? Highwoods. Highwoods, Colchester. Highwoods, Colchester, right in my house. Well, five minutes walk from my house. Okay. And so yesterday, yesterday I saw one, and I'd taken binoculars because I want to see a woodpecker. Yep. They keep hearing them. Yep. Never seen one. Okay. So I, uh, I thought I'd catch them unawares with my binoculars. 
Uh, I did not, but I did see a deer, and it ran off into the bushes, and I tried to find it with my binoculars. Yes. I couldn't, but you know, it was still exciting. And I'm just, I'm just so I've just been taking pictures of insects, and like I've just become really kind of. I found myself just looking in the bushes more, <laughs> rather than lurking in the bushes. Yeah. I'm looking in the bushes more these days, and I'm absolutely loving it. Good for you. This is that's been one of my uh, Costa Rica boy. Oh yeah, you see all sorts of animals there. That'll be one of the things I remember about lockdown period. It's because I'm uh, I take the kids to the woods pretty much every day now, so uh, it's just mm. making the most of it, I guess. And is deer the best animal you've seen? Uh, I mean, best is I don't want to diss the rest of them, but it's quite I rare saw to a rat. see a deer. <laughs> uh, There's a baby moorhen in the pond. That oh, was nice. dead cute. Mm-hmm. Just tadpoles, but yeah, the deer is probably the best one. They're only yeah. the little muntjac ones, so they're like sort of dog size, yep. medium dog <coughs> size. They're not like the big kind of yeah, stag. Yeah. That's still cool, but it is cool. Yeah, yeah, I'd um, like to see that. Yeah, well, you should come. Actually, I saw a deer because I've got a regular walk um, with a dog that I've been doing for years, and sometimes you see deer in there. But that's what my song of the week is kind of similar. Hit me with it, Queen bicycle race. <laughs> sure, uh, racing against deer. I haven't been racing at all. I've been trying to walk the dog, and I have this walk I do, which I've been doing for a long time, and normally you don't see anyone. But since oh. lockdown vibes and the sun's out, it's like fucking Piccadilly Circus. Really? Oh, God, it's, it's so busy now, it's stressing me out, because the dog hasn't got any sense of... It suffers from spatial awareness problems, sap. Mm-hmm. And so you've got all these, like, bloody Wiggins types, like, zooming along, and the dog's, like, banging into them, you're trying to socially distance, and there's not big the tracks on that wide... Mm. And like then there's all these families and it's like just people everywhere, and it's just a real change because normally I don't see anyone and that's why I go there. Do you think this is as a result of the sort of mixed messages that we've been getting? I think it's because no one else what to do with themselves and they kind of mm. go on their walks and they're something to do. But I just didn't realise it was that well known. But it's like so many people now, and I've been going into more and more remote 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 bits, the remote bits, um, trying to get away. From, but yeah, it's just everywhere. Yeah, so bicycle race. I want to ride my bicycle. Strong, strong choice. Mm-hmm. But how how you been feeling, like lock, lockdown wise and sort of mental health wise uh, this week? So I can't remember what I talked about last time. Was that so? Since then, I was feeling really good up until Friday when we had the bank holiday. We worked, worked in the morning, didn't we? And in mm-hmm. the afternoon, I wanted to do a barbecue, and it all went wrong for some reason. I don't know, it's fucking shit coals. But I had a real shit coals on them. Yeah, yeah. And I had a real crash, which is really weird because on the face of it, you think it's only fucking barbecue, right? But I guess that just shows how fragile my state of mind is right now that the kind of positive and the good vibes that I have been feeling in the clear head is quite shallow, I guess. And something like that knocked me back for two days and like all these feelings of like failure and doubt and negativity all came surfacing back, right back up. And I spent two days feeling really clouded again, like the rain cloud came back. But Sunday I felt a lot better, and well, what day is it today? It's Tuesday today, and I feel much better again Tuesday. So it's kind of weird how that works. And I had a phone call from the NHS Mind, Mind and Heart, I can't remember what they're called now, um, and they put me onto a kind of stronger, deeper dive into my psyche, I guess which is starting next week. So there'll be an interesting process to see how that goes. And I'm quite, again, like I said last week, I feel good about that, that I'm making something happen. 
something positive and I'm mildly nervous because they recalled it which I don't know it's just it's out of my comfort zone so it's mm. a kind of scary process well, so you're never going to hear it again I suppose no it's yeah, yeah. Of... it's more that it's just out of my comfort zone like I don't know I'm a bit scared about doing it and suffering from depression and anxiety and stress which obviously comes through work and I thought that a lot more of it was going to be to do with stressing about my family life and the things that happened with Slavka my wife but when it came down to it a lot more I spoke about was a lot more to do with work but I just wonder whether or not the kind of stuff to do with that is still a bit hasn't been processed yet a little bit more about the, you know the baby stuff or whatever mm. don't want to go into it too much but that side of life is probably going to come I guess process longer to process yeah. I don't know I don't really know stupid brain but I mean I, the reason I talk about this is not because I want to talk about myself specifically but more because I think it might be an interesting journey for people listening to hear someone oh, that's what it's all like about. Jack Bauer in real time <laughs> going through this journey in yeah, the mind I think it'd be great if you can <clears throat> if you're happy to share to talk people through it and if people listen regularly then maybe it's like an interesting process to see how someone like me can make, hopefully get better over time um and I'm quite happy to talk about the process. Yeah, let's have process. A, that's a happy ending. Yeah, yeah, totally. I do. Not, I'm not in a wanking off kind of way. <laughs> that's what you're thinking. Yeah. That is probably that's, how it'll end. Well, uh, one thing I'll tell you. One thing the tablets have been doing is to have my sex drivers um, zeroed, really bottomed out, as it were. Oh, interesting. Yeah. None of that. None of that's going on. There's not. No, no touching. Well, you think you'd have a clearer mind? Yeah. Well, I have got a clearer mind. Because but you're not thinking about <laughs> we're not thinking about women, but yeah. it's um yeah none of it no there's not much action down there, but I do have a clearer mind. Pros and cons. Quid pro quo. So just what is well, well, well no let me just say I think oh, it's okay. important to make that point that uh, that I don't have a an erection. No, <laughs> not that point. The, you don't want to talk about my little point. That, that you're a man comfortable a man. talking about your your feelings and I wouldn't say comfortable well no but you're doing it but I am doing it yeah <laughs> that, that's, what that's I mean. the important part is yeah. that you are doing it that talking to people about <clears throat> your problems well I hope that I, the, I, I'll be honest because of what we do with the business to do with mental health and positive well-being I don't get many chances to talk to people about it and the people that listen and I, I'm just hoping that anyone going through something similar might find something out of this that might help them or something they can take well, away. And if I can show how fucking shit I felt, even during this podcast, like some of the times, although I put like a podcast voice on, like... Well, that's your podcast voice. <laughs> well, just, you know, <laughs> yeah, I, children I TV presented voice. But, you know what I mean? It's like that versus what's going on around there. But if I can show that I feel like it's helping, like kind of going through this process, then maybe it might inspire someone else who is feeling shit to maybe... Because it took me a long time to actually start this process. I'm not going to lie. You know, I've been feeling rubbish for ages. Even in the band days, I used to feel rubbish. Um, but you're taking control now. Take back control, mm. as they say. It's good. As the right-wing racist types were saying. Yeah, well, let's not compare you to them. No. <clears throat> uh, anyway, uh, yeah, so that's kind of where it's at, really, with that. Um, but lo- lockdown-wise, you, how are you feeling about that? As a concept, do you, yeah. do you feel like well, could we go to work? Could we go to work so much? Yeah, I don't think we're getting the full sort of. No, we're not getting the full lockdown we're getting the experience. Tough, the tough end of it, really. Because it's, it's good to come to work, isn't it? To kind of break that day up. It really the time is, you've yeah. come, 
you know, I'm, but I'm almost working full time again now. So it's like, time I go home, I'm ready to go home anyway. Have a beer, take a dog for a walk. It's already seven thirty. Have a dinner. It's bedtime. Mm. Yeah, so it's those people who are literally at home every day, and possibly on their own, or yeah. or living with someone they're not particularly getting on with or yeah. whatever. Those those are the ones it's really tough for. And to have like all those mixed messages about it, it felt like it was all leading towards this announcement was going to be, oh, by Monday everyone can see their family. Yeah. Blah, blah, so blah. This, and this, then that we're recording this podcast two days after Boris Johnson's lockdown announcement. Or yeah, non-announcement. Really clear, <laughs> stay concise alert. announcement. Yeah, stay vigilant, people. Yeah, we're staying very alert. Yeah, but yeah, those those are the people who it must be hardest for, who who were sort of given a glimmer of hope, glimmer of hope, and then that was kind of taken away from them, and then they <coughs> now they don't know whether they can go and see their mm-hmm. families or whatever. It, it must be a proper emotional roller coaster. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's hard enough for us. Like, I haven't seen my family since this started, but then. Would I have anyway? Mm. That's the question. Yeah, <laughs> probably not. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, what is your? You want to talk about that? What? Your recommendation of the week? Have you got? Oh one? yeah, yeah, of course. Oh, yeah. Always. Hold on to your butts. Well, so I've mentioned them before in one song, but there is a brand, a Swedish band called I Break Horses. Who? I think it's just one one woman who's the kind of yep. the brains behind it. Yep. And their album came out on Friday. Yeah, it's called Warnings. It is just a beautiful, immersive piece of work. That's that's the word I'd use. Immersive. I listened to it while I was mowing the lawn. Yep. With my headphones, it it can cut if you kind of listen to it on a stereo, like not turned up loud. It will really, it will probably pass you by. But if you kind of put yourself in that bubble, yep. Just listening to it, it's like really dreamy synths and kind of fuzzy vocals. Right up your alleyway. It is. It like yeah, it falls into my wheelhouse. Yeah. But it's beautiful. So if you, if you, the kind of person who likes to listen to an album all the way through and kind mm-hmm. of really immerse yourself in it, this uh, I can't recommend it enough. Warnings, I break horses. We should check out um, local culture band Animal Noise. They released, oh yes, they released oh, yeah, that you've album. Got a recommendation of the week. Have well, you listened? Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> well, you're gonna listen to it. That's the point. Oh, I'm gonna listen to it. Yeah. yeah. But it's a band called in, from Colchester called Animal Noise, and they've released that album as well, haven't they? And we we oh, I retweet our Instagram their yes. release because I think it's important to support anything to do with like the area and the community and totally. anyone doing something creative. And if you guys get a chance, check out that album. They know their way around the tune. They, they do, yeah. Bloody good musicians. Bloody good. Yeah. Um, so this week um, we are going to interview Connor. And Connor, like I said before and earlier, is a lad's. Um, we met in office shoe shop actually when he was a young lad and we knew he was a good looking boy and we got him when we first started to start modelling for us and at the time Connor had a really interesting story to do with um, mental health to do with like how his body was affecting him we're ringing him now actually so this is all live live <laughs> there he is oh. hey I've just got to put my headphones in so it's a better connection okay that is uh-huh. the, you're listening to the Finch. There we go. <laughs> Up with the now Finch. There he is. There's yeah. those dreamy blue eyes. <laughs> so, oh, how are you doing, buddy? For those on yeah, Facebook, good, on those on Facebook, we are with FaceTime Connor, so you might not be able to see him. Actually, let me just show you to him. Like, it's going to go a bit Matrix on you. Okay. So, what we've we done. Ah, there, there, you go. Go. there he is. There's the Finch. 
there's there's the camera. There's the camera. Seeing all the all the behind the scenes. You are, mate. And, I, and, and that I miss so much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you recognise the studio, don't you, mate? Do what? You went a bit muffled there. Say that again. You recognise recognise the studio, don't you, boy? That is the old stomping ground. Yes. Uh, so, mate, and, I want uh, to um, ask you: Can you tell our listeners who you are and what you do? can um so i'm connor finch uh originally from the area that the shop is based in but sort of more seaside in clapton um and i'm I'm now which is not how i expected it to be in my final year of drama school at the guildhall school of music and drama yeah so we yeah mate we've called this episode the follow your dreams episode yeah does that sound about right well, I mean, try and follow them, yeah. That sounds about right. So how, how has the lockdown affected your last... You and your last year, what... Yeah. Has that messed everything up? Well, how's, how's it going to end? Oh, big time. Yeah, no. Um, you know, I suppose what's what's sort of a thing to keep thinking about is, you know, there are, of, of course, uh, in nearly every situation, but you can always say there's going to be someone worse off. But uh, in terms of you know, what a, a sort of drama school uh, pathway is, is completely messed it up. We, we sort of, we had another term um, and we didn't even finish the last term actually. And I was meant to be doing uh, my solo, which is a sort of 15 minute piece that I had written and was going to be starring in just sort of on my own. Uh, and that was going to be a theatre piece, um, which I've now actually done as a sort of short film. Um, we was then meant to do uh, our showcase, which is sort of we do we do one show in, at the school in the theatre at the school, and then we do one in the West End, where you do a monologue and a duologue. Everyone in the year does it, and it's sort of just a time where it's all industry that will come and see it, whether it's you know agents, casting directors, directors, writers, uh, and it's sort of you know that that. That is sort of usually the big moment that a majority of the year will get signed uh, to an agent. Um, and then this term that we was meant to be in now, uh, we would have been doing uh, our Shakespeare sort of big project and the musical, which is usually on sort of uh, over towards the Barbican. Uh, so, yeah, a lot has slowed down. That's sort of pretty much all of that isn't happening now, you know. And do you think that, does that mean it's cancelled or is it just being postponed till next year or what? Well, I think I think that the showcase, so where we do the monologue and duologue for uh, the industry in, in the West End, I think that as far as we know, that's a real, uh, that's something that the school are really pushing for to, to postpone and to do potentially early next year or later this year, depending on you know, updates. But other than that, everything else has been cancelled, yeah. Oh, because that must be like such an opportunity, isn't it? You know, that could have been the kind of launch pad to... Ultimately, that's what your whole course is kind of leading to. Like, because if, if well, you're going to have yeah. a career out of this, this is this is where you've got to kind of do the networking and get the get your name out there, right? Completely, yeah. I mean, and that's sort of, you know, what it is. And, you know, again, I, I really want to stress that I... I you know, I, I completely 
think and know there are people in so much worse situations. But in in sort of the situation that I was in, I was sort of at the moment of sort of tying loose ends in with uh, agents and you know uh, people that I was very excited to come and see the work that I written and produced and put on and you know it sort of leaves you in this real kind of you know sort of you just don't really know like you know is that all going to still be there when this is mm. over you know it's, that's the only thing you can kind of hope for really um can I do you, would you mind if I talk a little bit about your past and kind of like some of the challenges you've been through no, no, go, go for it, yeah. Um, so, like, on social media, for example, like, we know, uh, obviously we know you, but people that don't know you have seen that like, you've had challenges before with, like, eating disorder. Um, yeah, yeah. Could you tell a little bit about, kind of, that little, a little bit about that story or how it happened or... <coughs> yeah. Something that people I mean, can maybe take away from that. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, so it, it was in 2012... So it was, it's going back some time now. Um, and, you know, it, it's so hard because as, as I'm not assuming, but hope and uh, can guess, Steve, that, you know, when, when you're speaking to people, they sort of really want to find out the roots of a lot of things. And certainly when I was on the road to recovery, the, the root, was a big thing of why it happened. It was, it was very difficult to find out. And, you know, there's there's lots of things that it could have been, but I I was in my last year of high school, and uh, uh, it was a really bizarre thing. I was in a relationship at the time, and I sort of remember uh, that we were going on holiday, sort of the same sort of period as my end of year, end of high school prom was happening. It was sort of, they were only like a couple of weeks apart, really. And I remember thinking, oh, this is a great opportunity, actually. I've got not one, but two things to sort of get in shape for and look good for. Um, and, you know, at that age, I, 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 I was sort of, you know, as active as anyone else. And I was, you know, quite trim anyway at that point. Um but, you know, I started sort of just making healthy swaps within my diet and going to the gym sort of three, four times a week with some friends. And then I sort of started to get into these sort of, you know, uh, health sort of, uh, you know, websites and magazines and stuff like that. And you start picking up the sort of things. You start going, oh, OK, well, maybe if I, if I do a bit of that and I can cut that out of my diet, that's no problem. And then all of a sudden you start wanting to go to the gym more because you're seeing this progress and, you know, it sort of went from, you know, maybe April time of 2012 to July of 2012 that by that point I was going to the gym every day, um, every day, Monday to Sunday, spending sort of two, three hours there and I was on a really, really strict diet and, you know, that would sort of just be what I suppose a lot of people would class as a kind of classic, healthy gym-goer diet, you know. Um, and then the sort of time come with the prom and that, and I, you know, I, I, I still remember sort of getting a lot of praise, almost, of the way I looked. And that's a good feeling, 
you know, it doesn't really matter. It's a good feeling when people say that. And then, then I couldn't really stop. And, you know, uh, I remember sort of being asked, you know, well, it's done now. That period's done. Like, you don't have to keep doing this. And I was like, no, no, no. But if I can do that in that amount of time, like, if I keep going, like, imagine what I can get to. And unfortunately, uh, you know, the sort of relationship I was in at the time, uh, it, that didn't help it, what I was sort of doing and going through every day. And that then ended. Uh, and I remember thinking, oh, my God, this this is actually, I can, this is the thing that I can get, re- not revenge, but that sort of, you know, I'll show them sort of thing of going like right I'm gonna look incredible and then that will solve everything um so then it becomes summertime and it was the sort of you know it was in the summer I I just finished high school so I wasn't working so then all of a sudden I was like right I've, I've got till September which is when I'll go back to sixth form to to really hit it hard and I, I, I really hit it hard. I, I, at that point, I then cut out carbohydrates completely. Um, and I, I mean, I wasn't counting, but I was probably on... Uh, I was probably consuming, I don't know, 1,500 calories a day of just pure protein and sort of green veggies, that sort of thing, like really boring, bland thing. And then the gym was a lot more as well. I was sort of going to the gym maybe four hours a day, every day. I was running for an hour and a half first to do the warm-up, and then I absolutely ruined myself with weights. And I had no idea what I was doing. At no point did I ever have an instructor or someone to tell me what I was doing, you know. And, you know, in that, I, I thought I was getting better in shape because my fat percentage was going down a lot so I could see a lot more muscle little did I know that the fat percentage was just the thing that was going 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 and there wasn't actually a lot of muscle there it's where I had so little fat um and You might recognise me from my collaborations with Radiohead and Stephen Hawking. I actually did a lot of his heavy lifting for him. Anyway, I'm here to tell you about Best Days Vintage. If you like sustainable vintage fashion, feel-good prints and positive well-being, then they're the guys for you. Visit them at 40 Elf Lane, Colchester, or online at bestdaysvintage.co.uk. Peace out, mother crushers. You know, it, I think it was around that time that my, my mum sort of started to get concerned and was talking to her friends and... 
you know, I, 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 it's hard because it's sort of around this sort of time now, it's sort of getting into September. My memories sort of goes in and out. Um, but sort of from, there was a time, I think my mum had set it up with a doctor possibly that I went and saw this guy and he said, you know, you have a mental health you know, issue, you've got an eating disorder. And I don't remember very well, my mum said that I sort of nearly swung for the guy, I was that angry with him. <laughs> you know, well, because you, you do stuff that's, when your brain has been taken over, you're not yourself. And that always just seems very bizarre in my sort of, you know, in my way. Um, and then he, he set me on and, you know, he was like, I think you should do this. I didn't. I started sixth form and I'll never forget people's reactions. People physically didn't notice me. I mean, this is crazy. You know, the last time I saw everyone, you were praising me for how I looked. And now you're saying, you know, weird stuff like asking me if I was on drugs, on like heroin because of how I look. I was like, what? I look great. What are you talking about? And then the school, because I went to the same sixth form that was at my high school, um, put me in touch with CAMS. And I was very reluctant. But I went with my mum and I was really angry. Um, and it was the first time that I met a guy who I, I still sometimes have to write to not having the words to say to thank him of how how he saved my life because uh, I met him I was so rude to him but he he uh, he said that day he went this, I can't even get your blood pressure we need to send you to a hospital so I went to the hospital and um, I passed out while in the hospital I went and I woke up the next morning in a bed and you know, it was, I was like, what's, what's going on? I didn't really know. And I remember doctors doing a lot of tests for the sort of blood pressure and stuff like this. And I, I'd managed to convince, not convince, that's ridiculous, but sort of say it in such a way of going, no, I've done my research. Like I know that my, my heartbeat's so low because of how much I work out and, you know, look at like Bruce Lee and stuff like this. And it was all sort of dismissed and, the guy that I'd seen at CAMS was not happy about this. So a week later, he got me back in. And he said, your blood pressure and heart rate is so low that if we don't get you to a hospital today... He didn't say this to me. This was all said to my mum. He said, if we don't get him to a hospital today, he he, he could die. And uh, I was very reluctant. Again, I went. And I, I went. I went. I got on a hospital bed... And I remember sort of going in and out of consciousness. It felt a lot deeper than sort of going to sleep. And I'd sort of, every now and then, I'd my eyes would sort of just open and it'd be my mum sort of on top of this hospital bed shaking me. Um, and then they sort of gave me this glucose thing, which I'll always forget, and how pissed I was at them when they gave me this they gave me this glucose show which is like something like three weeks worth of a sugar intake in one hit and they give me it and I never I'll never forget that reaction of just being fuming because I was like you fucking gave me sugar are you serious you know it was it was that bad um the hospital was actually 
the first time that I was aware of something going on because I couldn't work out and I didn't have control of my meals. So all of a sudden I was then really sort of doing tiny portions of things, like tiny. And um, I actually ended up losing more weight in hospital. So from sort of July to September, which is when I went to hospital, I, I probably went from about... 13, 13 or 12 stone uh, at the beginning of the year. So I think my lowest was just under six stone. Um, sort of did that in about four or five months and had no idea that this was happening. I had no idea, you know, really no idea. And, you know, I think the moment, a lot of that hospital time I don't remember, um, I was there for a long, for about two weeks, and then um, I remember that it was the point that they wanted to put the sort of drip feed in and the tube up my nose. And I remember turning to my mum and being like, "If this keeps me alive, I'm not doing it for me. I'm doing it for you." And that is sort of the one thing that I remember that very much like really clearly and the rest sort of goes in and out but because of this feed that I was getting they uh I started to sort of you know I got to a point where my, my heart rate was sort of like 20 24 beats per minute it was so low that all of this nourishment I was getting wasn't putting weight on me it was literally going to the vital organs that had been eaten away um you know I lost a lot of hair it was crazy you know what the body was doing to try and find energy somewhere so it started you know re-nourishing the sort of vital parts and you know as clear as day I, I remember that it got to about two weeks afterwards of having this sort of feed happen and I was in a canteen and it, it honestly felt like someone had come behind me with a baseball bat and just knocked all the words out of me that all these words spilled out and I was like oh my God, what have I been doing for the last sort of four months? I, I didn't mean for all this. Like, you've all been here and I'm so, so I don't, like, what can I do? What can I do? And <laughs> my auntie, bless her, was, just got up and was like, what do you want? Like, what do you want? And I was like, pointing at everything in this canteen that I wanted. She has pushed past all of these sort of people, politely queuing up. And just got me this massive burger. And I was just like, oh my God. I was like, I, I can. I, I'm the only person that can get myself better and out of this. Um, so I thought it was plain sailing from there. And then uh, then uh, the, the guy from CAMS come and he was like, yeah, it's great, but we need to, you're, you, you're not fit to be in public. You know, your your body weight is far too low, and you've been through too much stuff. So, I went to a, a place called Longview, which is sort of for young mental health uh, patients. Uh, it's it's not it's it's not far from Colchester United Football Stadium. I think it used to be called the Severals. I'm okay. not sure. Um, I spent two weeks there. And uh, you know that was that was it was 
but it was just a heartbreaking place, really, to be, to see and understand what I've been doing for the last half a year. And is that is Connor? Is that what um is that what kind of turns it around for you going there? Like the kind of this therapy, I guess you were having and reassessing yeah. your kind of your body weight issues or your image or yourself. Yeah, I mean, I, I I certainly wanted to get better, and I knew that I was the only person to do that. So I remember asking one of the nurses there one day, I said, what, what have I got to do to get out of here? And she said, we literally have like a tick list of things that you need to do. We staff will see and we'll... I was thinking, oh, it's that easy. I've got to have the exact breakfast that they tell me to have. To the you know to the to the milliliter of milk that goes in a cereal, and then after that, you know, like little things where where I'd had so little fat, I literally had no fat on the balls of my feet, and nothing like where my bum should have been. So little things like I had to sort of wear like inner soles in my shoes and a pillow when I sat down. That was like ticking off a box so I was like right let's let's do this you know and I think there was like every meal I was like right let's get seconds let's whatever's going to get me out of here quicker um which you know at the time felt like the right thing to do sort of looking back you know maybe I should have stayed there longer just sort of for which the side that I never thought about at that time was my sort of mental well-being I, I, I wasn't ready for the, you know, looking back maybe, to sort of go at it cold turkey and be independent and, you know, that mental health support. Do you I think, do you think you're, sorry, mate, do you think you're quite obsessive with things? Is that oh, part, yeah. that part oh, of the problem? Yeah. Like, kind of like, yeah. and then it flipped to like, I've got to get better, this is my new, my new obsession. Yeah, oh, completely. I mean, I've got, even now, you know, a lot of people say, I've got such an addictive personality, um, which sort of later in my recovery, as great as it was to get better in that sort of obsession, addictive mentality, later in my recovery, it didn't help. Um, you know, but I, I yeah, I, I was very set goal. I remember sort of, <laughs> you know, which again isn't ideal I had a set weight in my head that I was like I'm going to get to that um, but then everything you know I remember sort of when I did leave Longview I I um, I had to have someone at home with me every every day every minute of the day to sort of make sure I was eating the right thing and suddenly when you're at home sort of you know as we all are now and you've just come out of a six month thing where your mind and everything of the day revolves around food and what you eat and how much you eat, it it stayed the same because everything was then about what I'd eat, at what time. And if I didn't eat at that time and I didn't have what I was planning to have, I would sort of go a bit crazy. I'd be like, no, 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 no. We said we'd eat at two o'clock. And because I've got to eat at two o'clock, that means that, you know, I have a snack at half past four and then I have dinner at half past, you know, I've got very you know, sort of, almost like a ritual in that sense. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think 
even now with a lot of things, you know, to be to be like, I'm not doing that. You know, there was one point through the recovery, which, you know, I stayed with, that I was like, oh, I've got this, such awareness of food now that I, I don't want to eat animal products. And I literally woke up one morning, Googled what to eat that doesn't have animal products in and literally went vegan like that. Like that. Are you st- do you still think you have issues with food now? Um, I think there's 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 always going to be a bizarre relationship with food, for sure. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, I, I suppose what's hard now is this knowledge of food. You know, I, I, like I can't pop into Tesco or whatever and just pick up a pink lady apple without going I know that that's about 46 calories it's about 10 grams of carbs and 10 grams of sugar like that that sort of calculator thing that just goes on in my head is is very much still there it's just I, I now feel I'm at the stage where I'm strong enough to go yeah I know that but I, you know it's mm. ridiculous it's like saying oh I'm you know, I know that drinking, I don't know, four gin and tonics within an hour is bad, but sometimes you still do it. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's it's that sort of thing of sort of knowing something but being able to push it to one side, I guess. What made you, um, the, the, the acting dream, how did that come about? Is that something you've always wanted to do, acting on? and? How did you how did you get from A to B, I get from Clacton to London? That was a kind of challenging situation as well. Especially wasn't it? to such a prestigious school. Yeah, yeah, it was uh it was one hell of a journey. I'll never forget um leaving uh you know, the the mental health sort of in the place that I was in Longview. And I'll never forget um my mum was sort of putting my bags in the car and it was, uh, it, it really felt like one of those moments because I, I left on the 5th of November. So fireworks were sort of coming off everywhere and I, I always remembered that as such a, you know, like, oh, this is such a moment, yeah. <laughs> you know. It wasn't um, the 5th of November, that was just for you. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, well, that's how I sort of... Yeah. Still, to, you know, the fireworks go off. And I go, oh, so sweet of strangers to do that. <laughs> um, but I remember the woman at the desk. I was sort of waiting inside, wearing about seven coats, freezing, as my mum was putting the bags away. And uh, this woman said, "Oh, you've done fantastic. You've done really, really well. And you're going to go on and achieve great things. You can do anything now." I sort of remember not replying, just sort of being a bit like, "Oh, that's that's." That's a statement. And it was something that I heard a lot, you know, going through that. It's, oh, you don't make, you're going to do so much now. And unfortunately, there was a bit of a speed bump in that recovery where that sort of did the reverse. But I, that was the clear thing is I was going, I can. I, I, I'm going to, if I can put my mind to something like this, of just getting better and it's saving my life, then 
I've got to try and go for something here. And, you know, uh, back in the day, I was obviously sort of before it all happened was my love and passion was always with music and being in a band. And But I always remember without fail my favourite thing at school and sometimes the thing that made me want to go to school was doing the the shows and the plays that the school would put on sort of every six months and I thought yeah yeah that's something that I I've always wanted to do you know the cinema for me is, is it was the first place that I went to when I was allowed to leave Longview it was the first place and I actually <laughs> saw Skyfall the James Bond film three times in the cinema just because you know it was like for me and it still is a phenomenal film and I just remember sort of a cinematic experience and I was like oh god that is it's such a pungent thing for me at that time so that you know it did really have a moment in my life of, you know cinema and I was like that's not James Bond doing that that's this collective ensemble of just changing something in me and that can happen in a James Bond film then I want to explore you know I want to that's what I want to do and so I I did like a two two year course which I signed up for at Colchester Institute which I didn't really realise I'd signed up to I'd signed up to the musical theatre course because I remember being asked it's like are you sure you want to act and I was like yeah and I was like can you sing and I was like sure and I was like what about dance and I was like yeah yeah, yeah I used to dance as well and I was like great and I was like bring a song in I was like, okay, so I sung a song, didn't do any acting, didn't really think about it, and got into this musical theatre course. What did you sing? And I loved it. I, I sung, uh, I sung "My Eyes Adored You" from Jersey Boys, which is obviously Frankie Valli in the Four Seasons song. Just because I loved the song, and I didn't have a great knowledge of musical theatre, but I loved Frankie Valli, so I did that, and. Um, Spent two years there, and then it, it comes to that point where you start talking about auditioning for sort of drama scores and stuff like that. And I had a friend that still does musical theatre that went to Artsed, which for musical theatre is sort of really up there, one of the best schools. And he said, well, Why don't you audition here? And I thought, Well, I'll give it a go there just to sort of find out what the drama school experience is like. And, and I did, and I, I got offered a foundation course, for, again, for the musical theatre course. I really should read small print. Um, and I couldn't afford it at all. You know, it was a, it's really expensive. And I then had to think about living costs, and it wasn't feasible. So I remember being so uh, honoured that they'd offered me a place that I wanted to go and tell them I didn't want to ring up. And... Um, you know, as I always say, these things happen for a reason. Because as I went there and I was speaking to the receptionist, uh, a guy walked past who is another person in my life that I cherish, uh, a guy called Jonathan, who runs the part-time courses. And he said, look, if you're good enough to get onto the full-time foundation, then let's take you on the, the part-time foundation, uh, which is, you know, three three nights a week, I think it was, and it sort of run from six o'clock to about ten, half past ten. I thought, yeah, that's great because I can work in the day, and then I'll do that. So then, um, as you remember, I uh, packed up shop, uh, left you guys with a 
heavy heart and mm. it didn't. It felt like I sort of, uh, it was a home away from home because obviously I got a job at Rocket, um, which, uh, you know, was, was at the time, it was the, as I'm sure it was when you guys worked there, it was the fucking coolest thing. You're working in Covent Garden, everyone knows Rocket as the vintage shop and so I thought, right, okay, wicked, I've got a job there, I need somewhere to live. <laughs> and, um, yeah, this is where it's sort of, this is where th- that kind of story of, like, oh, you know, people struggling. I um, I found, I was like, me not knowing a lot about London or the prices of the tube and that, I, I got uh, I got this one bedroom. It was advertised as a one bedroom. I did it all online, didn't ever see it in South Kensington. And I was like, I've had a right result here. This is like, you know, it's a pack of little area. Lovely stuff. Right bang in the middle of arts at the school I was going to in the evening and Covent Garden for work. I'll never forget getting dropped off with all my stuff. <laughs> and it basically, the guy that had the flat had an ensuite, and it was big enough for him to turn into a bedroom. So I had this room with a shower in it, uh, a single bed, a fridge, and a a cupboard. And I had to go out into the hallway to get dressed each morning. It was that small. (laughs) It was ridiculous. And I I remember waking up one night, because there were, like, mice or whatever, and I just remember looking up at the ceiling going, I'm getting the fuck out of here. This is mental. Because I was paying pretty much what I was earning at Rocket and now do that in the evenings and I was I was like this is too much and I won't say who he is because I think he'll probably get in trouble but uh, my mate who was at Art said let me stay at his um, on his sofa for quite a while and you know I was always obviously first to leave and first to get back at last to get back because it was a real shift you know you'd work nine till five and then six till ten you'd sort of put that work in and I I was determined and that was all it was is you know determination. there were then moments say that again mate so it's determination do you reckon that's a real key part to trying to like get where you where you want to be yeah I think I think for me it's um, there was always a sense of you know there moments where you're on the tube and it's late and you're listening to a song and you think oh Christ I should be doing this and you just go no like you know why am I doing this if I can go to bed at night and go I've done everything I can if when the time comes and I don't get it I've got to go luck weren't in my favour I'm not what they was looking for but I've got I've got to sleep well knowing that I've done everything I could well that's it that is the message of the Fell Rockstar Club right there well, exactly, exactly. Um, I wish I had that attitude when I when I was a fourteen year old rock star. Yeah. Um, Mate, do you think things could be very different? Do you think that acting school was only for the rich? I remember well, when I got in that I, whole I industry really. That. Like, do you do, that again? That whole industry really, the acting industry. How tough is it for somebody if you're not rich to actually break through? Yeah, I mean, listen, you know. I remember going, oh, this is a name drop, but it's, it's in a nice way, but I remember going into RADA 
for my final Bang. round. <laughs> and I, I remember thinking, I was like, I don't feel com. I, I, I don't. I don't feel like I fit in here. I feel really out of place. I don't know why because, you know, some of my, you know, I've got a lot of favourite actors that are, are, are part of that working class, uh, you know, actors sort of group that went here. And I, I, but I remember thinking that, and it I only sort of got to when I was doing the final rounds of different schools. I started to do that and it was sort of really doubting myself and you know you'd speak to people as you're waiting and they'd talk about Shakespeare and you know I mean I hadn't read any Shakespeare I remember having to watch them online before learning monologues because I was like I have no idea what I'm saying <laughs> I have no idea what these words mean and then you bump into some people that, you know, have read Richard III and Henry VIII as a bit of light reading. Yeah. Henry V. You know, and it's just like, that's not me. Yeah. I don't get it. But I want to. I want to prove that, you know, I can speak that, that sort of text in my accent and it, it had just as much truth and meaning and stuff like that. But... Yeah, I mean, it was. It was definitely a thing when I was auditioning. Maybe when I, even the first sort of month, I was like, shit, man, like, you know, in voice sort of, when you're having voice lessons and they're saying, you're not, you've got to say this word like this. You're not pronouncing, you're sort of, you know, yeah. coming off at the end of your sentence and you're, you know, I was like, shit, this isn't it. And then, you know. Is that a bit like imagining, you, imagining Danny Dyer doing Shakespeare? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Sure, let's go with that. He was a fabulous one. <laughs> uh, mate, I want to move... Uh, be or not a beat. We haven't got that much longer left. Um, I want to ask you quickly, um, yeah. if, you could ra- if you could try and nail it in a couple of sentences, or a few <laughs> sentences, where do you see your future going with this and, and with your dream? Well, um, and, sub-question, do you have a backup plan? If it doesn't work out, I don't do backups. Okay, that's 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 never what I've done. I've never had when I've had my eye on something. I'm going to do it. That's mm-hmm. what I'm going to do. And it might be really naive of me and Darth, but that's that's how I've always been. And I think it's a lot easier to find a backup plan in that moment. Um, but yeah, there's there's not at the minute for me. Listen, I mean, in terms of the dream. Uh, I think there's there's something in it to sort of be able to wake up every day and and love what you do. You know, I remember my mum's always said that to me, like, if you do something that you love, then you'll never work a day in your life. And I think that's very true. And I think as long as I... It's not... You know, I'm very aware and not naive enough to know that it's not going to be hard and difficult and it's... It's not always going to be work and it's... But I think, for me, it's that thing of just saying... If I can do something that I love doing, then then you know, then I, I just hope that that's what I can do. Sort of all through all aspects of theatre, film. Okay. You know that's that's the aim. Uh, and last question, I want to go quickly to Bound for Life. Yeah, yeah. Um, Why do you hate Coldplay <laughs> so much? Yeah, this is this is the regular feature called Band for Life.
mate? Why the fuck do you hate Coldplay? <laughs> I can't stand Coldplay, mate. I can't stand them. I don't know. I've I, I really tried. I really tried for a long time. I didn't mind that track they did, Viva La Vida. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> you give them that one. Everything else. Yeah, I'll, I'll give Chris Martin that. Everything yeah. else. I just don't get it. I don't get it. I, I mean, I've heard Fix You. Yeah. I've heard Yellow. Yeah, and still nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Every time I hear it in a film, I'm just like, great budget, but you could have found a great little, you know, non. And why do you love? Song. Why do you love Fleetwood Mac? Oh, the Mac. Oh, I mean, they're just. Again, I know you, you speak about you spoke about in one of the last episodes about songs that you can just put on, and that, for me, that, that they'll just they can take me through every emotion and feeling. You know, I mean, I don't think I've got a playlist that doesn't have the chain on it. You know, I mean, come on. But then if if, I, if it's raining outside and I've, I'm, I'm feeling sorry for myself and worried that I'll never find monogamy, Landslide goes on. Oh, so. that, I'll give you, Landslide is an absolute masterpiece. There you go. Such so, a beautiful song. Yeah. I forgot, we should have said at the beginning what your two songs were. Uh, so yeah, you're banned for life of Fleetwood Mac and you want, in the bin, you want Coldplay. Which is pathetic. Well, eager <laughs> listeners will know that we. I think we've read out Finch's uh, yeah. choices before, but we just wanted a bit more detail yeah. and context on that. Turns out there isn't any. <laughs> yeah, turns out yeah. he's wrong. Uh, they're uh, they they were never uh, indie enough for me. They got sure. nothing on libertines. Yeah. We're pigeon detectives. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Connor, pigeons, come on. Thank you so much for sharing your story and for being so honest and. Hopefully, your words can you know really help somebody else. That's that's all I ever hope, and that's why I'm, I do enjoy telling the story if I can help one person in my life with with what I went through. I'd never wish it on anyone, so it's you know it's definitely a thing, and I'd always be here to talk about it always. So thank you, thank nice you for letting me do it, boys. Right, I hopefully see you soon and. I'd love in the future to be there with you and do another one at some point. Yeah, cheers. Yeah, we'll face to face. All right, mate. I'll see you soon, buddy. Thank All you. Right. Take care. Take Lots care, Finchie. Boys. Take care. Thanks for coming Thanks, on. Boys. Bye. See you soon. Uh, so there, that was um, Connor Finch, the Finch, um, the guy who used to work for us that's got on to follow his dreams, been through a lot of struggles, obviously, in his history, in his life, but some, but is now, I don't know. He he's make, out there doing it. He's, he's making it happen. He's making his dreams happen. And that's the whole point of Third Rockstar Club. Um, you only fail if you don't try, and this boy is trying. Exactly, and, and even if it doesn't work out, which I think it will, because he's so handsome. <laughs> he's just so handsome. I don't see how it can't work for yeah. him. Just look, find a picture of him, Connor Finch, look into those blue eyes, and I think you'll, you'll see your future. Mm. So that's probably it, because I've got, I've got to go off and yeah. look after the kids. Uh, so everyone, say thank you again for watching, listening to it. Um, it's a bit more intense than I thought it was going to be, actually. Yeah. Um, well, it's serious business, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so I, I guess it's nice to mix things up a little bit. So, um, yeah, that was the podcast. If you want to subscribe, you can, to the Failed Rockstar Club podcast, Failed Rockstar Club podcast. Um, bestdaysvintage.co.uk, you can subscribe to the mailing list. Best Days Vintage, you can find us on all the social media. Um, and that was the podcast that talks to musicians about mental health, um, their journey in their life in this case and then a bit of fashion we should talk yeah. about fashion yeah well I'm sure next week there'll be uh, yeah. plenty more waffling crap yeah. light hearted waffling crap so yeah to look forward to. thank you guys Jess is off yeah 
Goodbye. Um, and it's just me now. So, yep, thanks, guys, for listening. Um, those for watching on Facebook, there's social media stuff up there. Um, and, yeah, take care. See you later, alligators.